Tom, are you okay? I lost her. Her? She was going to be this epic, trilogy-worthy character. I was going to be the hottest writer in Hollywood. But I can't get past Act 1! You need some writer's group therapy. Welcome to Writers Group Therapy. I'm Tom. And I'm Roshni. We're writers helping writers. Are you ready for your session? The doctors are in. And if you like this episode, make sure you give it a good rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell your friends. Check us out online at writersgrouptherapy.com. Also on Twitter and Instagram at WG Therapy. Individually, you can find us at... I'm Tom underscore Loveman on Twitter and Tom Loveman on Instagram. And on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Roshni Lamino. Welcome to the show, and it's our first show of the new year, and because of that, we're talking with Mike Miller, a CPA who has actually been my accountant for a very long time. It does my taxes. We thought with the new year and 2020 being behind us that we might want to talk about what you need to think about for your taxes for uh, last year. It's going to be a weird year because of all the different uh, things that happen, uh, unemployment insurance and uh, stimulus and not working and and everybody working freelance. So we thought it'd be a good idea to have him on and, and chat about that. I know Roshni uh, has a similar issue with working a lot of different uh, side gigs and stuff too, right? And it was already kind of messy going into the 2020 season for the 2019 taxes. So I'm sure going into this year, it's going to be even worse. So thank you so much, Mike, for enlightening us because we need it. <laughs> thank you for having me on. Yay. So uh, how long have you been an accountant, Mike? I have been an accountant. I graduated from a local college here in Cleveland, John Carroll, in 1979. I've been an accountant ever since, boy, 40 years. Where's the time? Jeez. Yeah. So you've seen a lot of changes in the tax code over the years. Absolutely. Uh, What are the big changes that we have to look at for for 2020 as we do our taxes this year? For 2020, the biggest changes were basically if you're retired, and you're collecting minimum distributions. Once you turn once you turn 70 and a half, you're required to take minimum distributions out of your retirement accounts. For 2020, you don't have to. You can leave the money in the, in the retirement account, of course, save the tax, and of course, not be penalized for not taking the money out. The other big change was you can also take the money out before you're 59 and a half, and where before you get a penalty, if for COVID-related reasons you're taking a distribution before you're 59 and a half out of a retirement plan, there's no penalty. You still have to pay the tax, but there's no penalty, and you can also pay the tax over three years instead of all at once. So those are the two main changes for 2020 from 2019, but everything else is pretty much the same. Cool. So um, a lot of our listeners are creative people, uh, a lot of writers, a lot of uh producer, writers, people, you know, kind of getting their start in Hollywood. As creatives, um, what, what counts as um, a creative person? Because I know there's some special tax uh, things around, uh, for me at least, with the creative side of things. Or the better question might be, what counts as freelance? Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, as, far, as far as creative, what the IRS, they don't use the term creative. They use the term qualified performing artist. Ah. What that is, it's kind of up in the air what that is. Basically, I would say it's actors, actresses, musicians, uh, movie stars, things like that. 
But the IRS says you're, you're a qualified performing artist if you perform services in the performing arts. And once again, what, 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 what determines a performing art? As an employee, which means you have a W-2, and for, the, for at least two, two, two W-2s, at least two during the tax year. Huh. You had what, a, about, what about people who like do YouTube and sell crafts on Etsy? Now, now those, those aren't qualified performing artists, but they are considered self-employed. Okay. So the, the rules are a little bit different. A, a qualified performing artist is allowed to deduct, if they have W-2s, they are allowed to deduct their expenses on the front page of the return, which basically means it comes right off the top of their W-2. A self-employed person would have to file a separate called the Schedule C profit or loss if they work for themselves. So they can take, they'd have to show their income on their Schedule C and then take all the deductions that they, that they, that they assume are related to their business. Whereas a regular employee working for a W-2 who's not a performing artist cannot deduct any of his expenses. So that's the difference. A performing artist who is self-employed, in other words, he doesn't get a W-2 from an employer. He just works for himself, basically. He gets a 1099 or just uh, keeps track of his own income. He can take all the expenses he wants to because he's self-employed as opposed to being a W-2 employee. So if you're, if you're a self-employed uh, artist or if you're self-employed doing uh, arts, crafts, things like that, or selling things, you can still take all your deductions that you think are related to the business. Whereas a normal, a normal W-2 person cannot take any business expenses off their tax return from the tax law of 2018. Interesting. And I mean, a lot of writers and actors and stuff were half and half. We might, you know, do freelance, but we'll also be W-2. So we can still deduct at least on the freelance portion. Correct. Correct. I would, I would, Say, if you're doing half and half, more than likely, you don't have enough W-2 income to warrant your expenses. So you should probably take most of your expenses off of your business profit or loss statement instead of as a W-2 off of your um, an adjustment to your income. Oh, okay. Do you have to have an, uh, an LLC or something to do that? No. Uh, you, you, can, you can hold yourself out of self-employed without being an LLC. You can oh, just... that's actually really nice. <laughs> now, I understand, and it was a little bit hazy. They never really explained it, but I know going into, so I guess for the 2019 tax year, there were a lot of changes as far as what people could deduct. There was a big to-do about it uh, here in L.A. because, you know, especially as an actor, you have like headshots and you have classes and you can, you know, deduct all these things. And apparently they were changing the, um, what do you call that? They were changing the standard deduction. How has that changed at all i mean are we still able to expense everything or i don't even know anymore an, an employee if, if you work for if you work as an employee where they take taxes out you cannot take any more deductions from your tax return through itemized deductions in, in other words employee business expenses are gone as far as itemizing what they did do to help you out was was double the standard deduction which now for a single person is $12,400. The first $12,400 that you earn is not taxed. If you can beat that $12,400 with your own expenses, which would be 
medical deductions over 7.5% of your income, state and local taxes, which are probably pretty high in California, mortgage interest, charity. If you can beat that 12,400 with those deductions, you, you don't have to, you can itemize. But for the most part, most people don't itemize anymore because they can't top that number. So for the most part, if you work for somebody, you're not gonna be able to take your, your any business deductions whatsoever, unless you're a qualified performing artist with W-2s, more than, more than one W-2, you have to work for more than one employer, and you have to have at least $200 on that W-2 from each employer. So if we are taking our, uh you know, um, itemized deductions like I do, because I have like multiple things going on. I've got my video game getting ready to launch. I spent a ton of money on that. So I'm definitely over the standard deduction. What other things, if you wind up in that, that route, like if there's other people that have like made small films and stuff and spent quite a bit of money on their projects, what things can they deduct and what things can't they deduct? Well, if, excuse me. If you're considered self-employed, which, which you are, Tom, you can, you can still take, there's no limit. Uh, the itemized deductions is a separate category than business deductions as a, as a self-employed person. A self-employed person can still take any deduction that they think is related to the business, whether it be advertising, production costs, contract labor, meals, um, use of your car, mileage rate for use of your car at 57.5 cents a mile this year, anything, any other kind of supplies. Rent that's related to your business, you can still take those in full. There's no limit. The deduct the the limit comes in if you work for someone else as a W two. You cannot take your expenses anymore unless, of course, you're a qualified performing artist. That's the stipulation. With COVID and everybody working from home, are people going to be able to take deductions for home offices or expenses at, for working at home now? Or if because they're still W twos, they don't. Correct. No, they're still they still have not they still do not allow a home office if you work for someone, if you're an employee. If you're self employed, you can still take a home office based on a percentage of your home, that's the office, times your utilities, your or rent, repairs and maintenance, anything like that related to your home. You could take the percentage of that cost. That is your is your is your home office if you're self-employed. You can also take a simplified uh, home office deduction if you're self-employed. Five dollars a square foot of your office, but you can't take more than fifteen hundred dollars in that deduction. So some people just say, "Well, I'll just take the five dollars a square foot because I don't have that much square foot that's in my office." If you got a big office, home office, you probably want to take the actual cost times the percentage because that's probably going to come out higher. Ah, okay, cool. This year, uh, you know, with, um, you know, a lot of us getting unemployment insurance and, you know, uh, with uh, self-employed people, maybe not making estimated payments and stuff and having our, I have a day job, you know, that has been, I've been laid off from that for since last March. Should I expect a higher tax bill this year? Am I going to get, usually the, you know, the day job is what offsets my you know, income from my freelance business. So are people going to be uh, seeing larger tax bills this year? They're probably going to because when you work for someone, they withhold taxes at the source before you get your paycheck. Unemployment, most people, since they need the money, don't have taxes taken out of their unemployment. 
So come April, they're going to file their tax return, show their unemployment income with no offsetting withholding. So they're going I always to, check the little box for withholding when I do that, but I don't know if that covers everything. It's no, normally unemployment will take will take 10% for your withholding. That may be enough because of course you don't have your other job, so that may be enough to cover your taxes. But if you have other outside income, so dividends, interest, uh, retirement distributions, that 10% is probably not going to be enough to cover the tax on your unemployment. You may actually, it's possible to owe another, say, 5% or so on your unemployment when you do your tax return. So save up a little extra if you can. If you can. Hopefully we'll all be back to work soon, so we'll have some cash flow. Excellent. I was going to say that's actually the mantra of uh, being a self-employed person. You're like, save up extra for taxes anyway, yeah. so <laughs> we should be. Now, I was wondering, with COVID-19, you know, wrecking the world this this past year, are there any new changes? Uh, are, are there any specific tax breaks because of COVID or for self-employment people? I'm sure a lot of people took to, you know, creating things online and selling them. So are, are there any new incentives for people who are self-employed this year? The only incentives as far as for, for self-employed people, they did offer those PPP loans to people that need mm-hmm. that or were hurt because of um, business, you know, business being down, they could apply for those PPP loans, and then those those loans are not taxable. So if they got if they got those loans, they don't have to add it to their tax return once as long as it's forgiven. And then you have to apply for forgiveness through the bank that would have loaned you the money. Other than that, there's really been no changes, no incentives as far as being self-employed due to the COVID, except for those those offers of those um those payroll loans. And they're not doing anything in general because of COVID either, changing anything on the tax laws? Uh, correct. Right. As, as of now, no, except for, like I said, those uh, retirement distributions, which probably don't affect any of the listeners right now. Uh, you never know. No, I haven't tapped that this year, fortunately. I was, gonna, I was wondering, though, with um, the uh, Biden administration coming in, uh, there's a lot of people out there that probably have student loans. If they actually do forgive student loans, are, is that going to impact people's taxes? Will that be considered income? Well, the, the rulings on that aren't aren't out yet, but my gut tells me if the intention was to help you out by forgiving the loan, they're not going to also tax you on forgiveness of loan income. Because when, uh. when if, you're, if you're forgiven a loan, that's phantom income taxable to you. But in this case, like if you... If you, if you um, deal with a credit card company, you owe them so much money and you make a deal where they cut how much you owe them, that difference is technically taxable as a forgiveness of debt. And a credit card company will send you a 1099 for that. But as far as a student loan, I think with their intent being to help you out and forgiving the loan, if they penalize you on taxing that forgiveness, I don't think that's their intent. Okay. What about the um, stimulus checks and state rebates? Will that be taxed as well? That's a good question, Tom. The stimulus checks from the IRS are not taxable. And, and actually, in 2020 tax return, if you did not get a stimulus check for whatever reason, on your 2020 tax return, there's an extra line where you can get that check as a credit on your current taxes or the rebate, which many people don't, might not know that. that you haven't, if you didn't get a stimulus check, you haven't lost it. You can get it when you file your 2020 tax return. But as okay. far as far as a, as far as a state rebate, 
the, the IRS has not come out with any kind of regulations as far as a state rebate. And I think it's, excuse me, I think it's going to come down to each state's interpretation of whether that state rebate's taxable or not for the federal government. I think if it's related to the CARES Act, somehow the state's got the money and then they're passing that money out through the CARES Act, I think it still won't be taxable. But if it's a state fund that the state did it on their own accord, the IRS may say, well, that's taxable because it didn't come from CARES money. But right now, no one knows the answer to that yet. And I'll bet, I'll bet you each state is going to be different. Okay, well, we'll have to see what happens there. One of my issues I've had over the years, and I think you even this even came up last year, was uh, they asked, uh, we got audited or something, and, we, and they asked if I was ever going to make any money because my freelance business is, uh, I do freelance marketing and that generates income, but then I have my film and my game projects, which eat, eat up all of my, my income. So I don't wind up paying taxes as much. So they keep asking, are you going to make any money this year? Uh, is that an issue with, where you report losses every year? The issue, the issue is if the IRS sees you not showing a profit in two out of five years, they deem that a hobby. And if it's a hobby, hobby losses are not deductible. You do that for your own pleasure. But if you're really out there trying to make a profit and you keep books and records, if you do, do try to keep books and records like a business would, that two out of five uh, threshold that they use would not apply. You you would argue that, no, I, I am trying to make a profit, just that times are tough. I have books and records to prove that I'm trying to make a profit. It's not a hobby for my own pleasure. But they, but they can challenge that, and that's what they were trying to do. Ah, I see. Well, hopefully with my game launching, I'll actually have some income. Wordcursion.com, everyone. I got my game. It hasn't launched yet, but soon, very soon. Well, that was great, Mike. Thank you so much. Uh, if people want to get a hold of you and uh, get your expertise or you know, use you for their accounting, who, how can they reach you? Thanks, Tom. You can either call 440-461-4066 or email me, Mike, A-M-C-P-A, at, are you ready for this? AOL.com. I'm like a dinosaur. <laughs> But you get the job done. So thanks again. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.